One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Monday morning, the 27th of January. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. A crowd of about 5,000 people gathered in Drogheda on Saturday. The town, as you know, has been subjected to extreme violence and to the barbaric behaviour of murderous feuding gangs. People came together to say, we are not happy. There were politicians from every political party and none. There were men, there were women and there were children. I'd like very much to not be murdered, thank you. I think it's absolutely terrible what's happened to the town. There are people that could be scared for their lives now and that really shouldn't be happening. A town should be a place where we feel safe, especially... um, And now there seems to be, like, there's an election coming up and there's violence and all that. That might scare people to, like, go down and vote. It's horrible what's going on. A 17-year-old getting killed is kind of scary because then it means that they don't even care about children. They just care about the money. And that's kind of scary. Tinshock, the local radio. Um, can you tell us why you're here? Yeah, I, I think I'm here and, um, you know, all the public reps and party leaders are here as well, really to stand shoulder to shoulder with the people of Drogheda to say that this is a great town. Um, I've been here for the FLA, seen the town at its best, uh, so many opportunities here, a really great place to live. Uh, but it's people today standing shoulder to shoulder uh, saying that what's happened in the last few weeks uh, in this town um, isn't for us uh, and we want these people out, we want them behind bars uh, and we want people to know that this is a, a great town, a great place to live. Hishok, if you speak to people who are working on the coalface, they will tell you that there are four actions which, if taken in unison, might solve this problem. One is to restore community policing. Two is to restore and increase the funding for addiction services. Three is to give Angarda Shia Khan the resources that they need. And four is to enact effective legislation. You told me, Hishok, last week that you can't or won't do any of them. If that is the case, should people vote for somebody else who can? Now, in fairness, that's not a fair representation of what I said last week, but I don't want to get into um, policies and party politics today, okay, if, that's, can, if that's OK. Can you promise the people of Drogheda that there will be change, and how will you bring it about? Yeah, absolutely. I can promise the people of Drogheda and people all over the country that there will be extra Gardaí recruited every year, uh, that there will be additional resources for the Gardaí in terms of ICT and vehicles and all the support they need, that will continue to strengthen our laws and reform our courts, uh, and that we'll put uh, more funding into areas of disadvantage to try and tackle uh, some of those underlying causes that can give rise to crime in the long term. The people of Drogheda are coming out. They're going to take the stand, and they're going to take the stand together. And uh, 
it's going to be a success, as I always knew it would be. But we're not just speaking on behalf of Drogheda today, Michael. We're speaking on behalf of the people of the country. It's absolutely horrible, and I'm here to, today to lend my support to the people of Drogheda. It's spreading into every community now, and it's, it has been rampant in Dublin. Now it's coming into Drogheda because the people from Dublin are moving in, and this is what's happening. And I'm glad now, hopefully, there will be a big crowd here today and uh, we were lending our support to the people of Drada. I think it's a really important day for Drada. I think the people of Drada need to come out and stand and uh, come together and get this thing fixed. We need to fix it. It's been going on way too long. Uh, and I'm, pr- I'm a proud Drada person. I love this town and I want to see it. I want to see better days in the future. I think it is a very important day for the town that the people and the ratepayers come out and show their support for the Gardaí and uh, uh, services that are there. Uh, I think we need to get a big change on the media coverage, particularly nationally uh, with the tabloids who are crucifying the town and causing us economic damage. Hey, Michael, how are you? Fantastic tournament. There's great uh, solidarity. Everybody's here. The town is, has had a terrible time. It's a great town and, and this is what has to happen we have to get it make it great again Hi, uh, Michael how's it going I'm just here obviously to show solidarity uh, with the people of Drogheda uh, I think this is an issue that goes across the whole region I think it is time for everybody to stand up uh, and to say enough is enough and I think the, the, the one image that I think apart from the, the obvious the violence and the absolute depravity the constant wearing of Garda helicopters in Drogheda South Loud East Mead is an absolute constant and there are people having nightmares about it all the time this has to stop and it is just so welcome that we're not being non-political here today. Everybody's getting together, just sort of voice in the community. This must end. I was just speaking to three very young children, actually, and they were brilliant speakers. People will be listening to them on the radio on Monday. And they articulated the fear that very young children are feeling in this town. I'm not sure that anybody is really aware unless they're talking to the children. And all of us need to talk to the children. Look, I've heard it myself. I mean, children... We have to listen to the voice of the children because it's that innocence that's been shattered by the stories they're reading in the papers and they have to hear on the news and then that helicopter all the time. Garda Arms Support Unit driving around Drada and Eastmead all the time. They're doing great work, but it puts fear into people as well. This must end. We must listen to the children. Well, there is a gangland problem in Drogheda, it's evident. It's across the country. It shouldn't be what determines or defines Drogheda. Drogheda is its people first and foremost and there's people today are coming out in mass to say that we're not accepting the gangs in this town and we're not accepting that kind of intimidation if there's political indifference we'll fight that also it's quite obvious that what's needed in this town is investment investment in communities investment in the people and investment in, in uh, good policing and good services and also a possible change in legislation to allow that the people who commit crimes be taken off the streets I think this is a very good chance for us all to stand together and show community solidarity as far as I'm concerned and the last 10 years of austerity measures have brought a, a devaluing of human beings and the people on the lower social economic rungs of society. And what you have is an increase in crime rate, rates, uh, less education of our young people and a, a lack of a sense of community spirit. And today is about establishing and re-establishing community and a community spirit of people. As a, a former Justice Minister, Dermot O'Hearn, uh, what do you make of how things are happening in this part of the world in this day and age? Well, it's, it's, ab- it's absolutely terrible and shocking. It's uh, history repeating itself uh, from the, my time in justice when I was uh, had to deal with the Limerick situation. We had thousands on the street down in Limerick and it was in support of people like Roy Collins and Shane Gagan who were murdered 
and uh, I think it's important that the people of the surrounding areas of Drogheda uh, come out and that's why I'm here as a former Minister for Justice to show support uh, for the people. What's your estimate in terms of a, a time frame uh, to bring a, about an end to this type of a feud? Well, you know, I hear a lot about we need more legislation, we need more resources. I mean, the guards are on top of it. Uh, what they need is, is a bit of time. What they need is a bit of help from people in the community who know what is going on in the community. Uh, it's very important. I know people are intimidated and are reluctant to come forward. But it's really, really important that people would use the confidential line to help the guards. We were talking about Willie on the programme during the week yeah. and... Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm correct, uh, but reading about Keane Mulready Woods and uh, the life he chose, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me that there were similar people. There's similar people that's done this to that young lad. And as my wife said, no mother should lose any child. Before but Keane would have been similar to Willie, and that Keane would have been muscle for the gang. He'd be, he'd, uh, my son was mixing with this gang earlier on. He copped on to himself about a year after, and he broke away from these. And you see the outcome of what happened to my son a year later when he broke away from these gang. They took him out because he knew so much. Willie was murdered. His girlfriend, Anna, was murdered. Their bodies haven't been found. Keane has been murdered. His body has been found in part. Still yes. a bit so missing. It's horrific, isn't it? It's horrific. And I know, for, it's, I don't want to be saying too much about it, that the same thing happened to my young, young lad and his girlfriend with these people. Now, I'm you not, believe they were dismembered? I believe my son, my son's body was dismembered. Yes, on on information that I had received. Yes, and by uh, that dismembered, my young lad. I don't know what happened, young Keen. I feel sorry for his mother. I really do, because I know it hurts. I lost two kids, one through bacteria meningitis, and I lost two one through murder, and his girlfriend through murder, and also she was that young one was pregnant as well, and that means there was three murdered by this gang. Everybody knows who they are. And I'm, I'm down here showing my solidarity to the people of Drogheda if they accept it. And I will do that because I'm showing I'm not afraid and they have to stand up. Oh, you're so welcome here, Joe. Yeah, you yeah, really yeah, are because yeah. you can tell this story firsthand. Yeah, 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 and yeah. this isn't just a, a Drogheda exclusive story. This is a national story. 100%. This is all over. But my main objective is here to Drogheda to show me solidarity to the people of Drogheda today. And hopefully everything will go well today for them. And I hope them very well in the future. But it's up to the local authorities now and the guards. I have to say the guards are really pulling every stops now to get this cleaned up and put the people that's involved where they should be and should be long ago, not now. Youth work, Ireland Louth here. And, I mean, this is the future for the people that you're working with. It is, absolutely. We're here today to represent the young people from our projects. We're from the Southside Community Youth Project and from the Vine Garda Youth Diversionary Project. And we're down here today because we just want to show our solidarity with the people of Drogheda. Um, what's happened over the last while has just been awful. Uh, the young people in our projects are quite frightened. Um, so what we're doing is next Thursday we're going to be doing a night for our young people to come together and the electrical candidates are coming in and they're going to be able to say their piece to the, to these people um, who are looking for their votes and let their voices be heard, give them a platform. We have put 3,500 young boys through our hands in the last 40 years. Some of them fell through the cracks but 95% were good, honest young men represented Drogheda and Ireland all over the world we have 60 young lads up there at the moment from 9 year old to 25 year old we're doing our best 
but the state has to stand up and be counted and give us more support, financial support. We're getting great sponsorship from the people in Drogheda and all that, and the housing estates give us all the money. But there has to be legislation at the top to curb this... What can I say? I've heard that a hundred times today. It's a cancer in our society. It has to be stopped. The violence has to end, and solidarity here with the people of Drogheda. Um, You know, it's time it all stopped because it has affected the town, uh, the spirit of the town, but the people are out in great numbers today. More people would like to be here, I'm sure, but out of fear, uh, they're not here. But you can understand it. But nevertheless, this violence has to end. It's doing nothing for the town, and uh, it needs to change. Good to see you, Frank. The judges should enforce the law. The laws are there, use them. Yeah. But but they take too soft of an approach. The criminals, same criminals, same people, all over, over, all over. John Miles, taxi driver, we're standing in exactly the place that you got shot. How do you feel today? What other way could you feel? I'm here, alive, and that's basically it. Grand to be here, nice to see a nice crowd out here. So hopefully we put a stop to it at some stage. Do you think that there is hope? Ah, yeah. But there's no hope, there's nothing else. Does it encourage you seeing all of the politicians here? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely does, and you see them all here, yeah, yeah. Listen, how are your wounds, uh, the gunshot wounds? Are, are you better? Are you back at work? Back at work since last Sunday. Yeah. Healing up. One, one is, but the other's not, but I'll get that. It certainly was a big day in Drogheda and many thanks to everybody who took some time out to speak to us. Far too many to mention individually, but just to mention the public representatives who we heard from in that particular segment. Leo Vradker on Taoiseach, Paul Bell, Mayor of Drogheda, Wayne Harding, Chairperson of Mead County Council and Thomas Byrne, Fianna Fáil TD. We'll hear more from Saturday's rally in a moment. Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. There were a lot of people in uh, Drogheda participating in uh, the demonstration on a Saturday. A lot of people who wanted to be heard. Today, we hear what many of them had to say and some of uh, the most important young voices. I think it's amazing that so many people came over and to show that it actually means something. And How so old are you? I'm 14. And you live in Drogheda? Yes. What do you think of these gangs? Are you afraid of them? Kinda, yeah, because it's kind of like scary to walk at night because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, do you see stuff on the internet about the gangs? Yeah. What do you see, or do you want to tell me? Um, I don't really want to talk about that because, like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I've seen and it's kind it's of disturbing, yeah. is it? There's a lot of stuff spread around the internet that shouldn't be. Um, yeah. A lot of kids are spreading rumors and photos that shouldn't be seen by little kids around the internet. Have they disturbed you? Have they kept you awake at night? Do you worry about it? I do worry about it, and it is really, really scary, you know, because I'm 15, and seeing those images is not, you know, it's not nice. Um, But I think it's really amazing that everyone gathered up for keen and for violence. Um, I just think it's also um, really, like, disturbing, because um, when people see, like, everything online, they, like always rumours they they always assume it's true and you shouldn't do that because you need to know like the full story and what happened first Uh, I'm here today because I've been invited by the Mayor uh, of Drogheda to to join uh, with him and with the people uh, in their opposition uh, to the terrible impact that the ganglands are having on our society and our community here but indeed across the country Uh, and we do know that people power matters uh, and uh, unity is strength and I think 
coming together to demonstrate our revulsion at the abuse of young people and the exploitation of young people by the gang lords who are attracting them in uh, at a very young age now, um, selling and buying and distributing drugs. And uh, I think there's a huge need uh, to develop stronger community-based supports to help those young people who are prey to that type of activity. Does this have to be the future for the people of the town, the future of uh, the children of the town? It doesn't have to be the future, and we have to change that story, both with a very robust um, legislative and, 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 and criminal justice response, but also on the other side with a very strong, stronger um, supports uh, for those young people at risk uh, in terms of early school leaving, get that you know, to, to, to school completion. Um, but I think the, the demonstration of people power is important because uh, hopefully it'll send a message to people how revolted people are. I think the barbaric murder of, 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 of Keen Mulready Woods and the um, deprived uh, dismemberment of his body uh, struck a chord across the country of revulsion um, and people all over the country that couple of days afterwards were asking us questions what's happening in our country um, because we've had violence before I'm not saying we haven't but this seemed to represent a new law uh, and just people want to say no and stop We come down from Trem today because we're obviously involved in promoting tourism down in Trem and uh, it's our for Trem and the Boyne Valley and the Bo- you're, Boyne you're a long way away relatively speaking is it impacting on trim oh well we're, we're, start, we're definitely starting to see the underbelly of it and it's, it's inclined it'll be inclined to increase over the, over the coming years if it's not dealt with now and that the region is becoming a black spot the region I won't say the region is becoming a black spot but what we're after seeing in the last two weeks in Drogheda is possible to happen in any of the other towns so if we don't stand together or beside Drogheda and get this dealt with here it, we could be dealing with the same situation in two weeks' time. And so we do have to. The police and the, the, the resources are not available, obviously, to deal with the situation. And the, we're calling on every, every one of the politicians uh, to do something about it. I'm here to support the people of Jordan. Uh, these hundred thugs or so, they can't get away anymore. I asked in a programme during the week, uh, the teacher stated that legislation is in place. I don't believe legislation is in place. I think the only way to hurt these hundred thugs and so is through their assets and everything else. I think it's very, very important that new legislation can be in to help the people in Jordan. And the teachers, I believe, is coming here today. The teachers are going to have to give more resources to the, to the guard in the area. And uh, as I said, Michael, I'm here to support the people in Jordan in the Savannah areas. Oh, hello, Michael. How are you? How are you? Yes. So we're here in solidarity with the people of Drogheda. Um, I, I know that there's a, a huge amount of fear and I know there's a huge amount of anger as well. Um, the thugs that would try to strike fear into the heart of this community have to know that they will fail. And I think this this strong showing uh, should send that very clear message to them. Uh, and I also believe that we need, need now a, a serious plan for Drogheda. I mean, Imelda Munster has been warning um, of what might happen here for almost two years and, and so it came to pass. So now those who, have, who haven't been listening or have just been given lip service to this town now need to listen properly and we need the full resources of the state. We need a long-term plan. We need guard the visibility. We need resources. We have to ensure that people in Drogheda can walk safely on their streets and sleep safely in their beds. I think as citizens, that's actually the least that any of us can expect. Imelda, I was just speaking with three very young children. You wouldn't believe how afraid they are, afraid to go to bed, afraid to walk the streets, afraid that they will be murdered. One of the children said to me, if they murder a 17-year-old, it shows they have absolutely no respect for children. A very young child is so aware of that. I've said to you previously, 
see Mike about being in two estates um, over the weekend, last weekend, and I couldn't think of a word to describe it, but looking back, it was an eerie feeling I got. There wasn't a single child out, either kicking a ball or riding a bike. People were actually, when you opened their doors, you instantly felt that they were like prisoners in their own home. The sense of fear and apprehension is unreal, and that's why it's so important today. And I was just looking through the crowd. There's people of all ages here today and from all walks of life, and it's brilliant to see. And the message here today is we stand as one, we stand together, we speak together. No longer will these, no longer will these people hold our town to ransom. We're better than that. We have a great town, fantastic people and community spirit, and we need the full forces of the law down here to stamp this out. We can't let this prolong any longer, go into years like other areas did. You know, we, we need that re- additional resources, and we need to send the message out that if you're involved, you're going to be nabbed. And it's a, a very bad problem in Drogheda, but it's not unique to Drogheda. We met people here from Dublin. Uh, there are people behind you from Trim. We were speaking to them earlier on. Uh, and Rory O'Murku, you know it's a, a problem as bad in Dundalk as it is in Drogheda. It's nationwide. No, it's, acro- it's across the state. It's across the country. We really need to deal with this. We need the government, whoever the next government is, to call this what it is. It's a crisis and it's an emergency. And we need all the resources. And we're talking about a full government response. It's not just law and order. We also need all the addiction services that are required to take people out of the crime cycle and see if this isn't happening we're going to have more drahadas but initially we need all the for all the resources that are given that the Gardaí require in order to stamp this out and we need to ensure that it doesn't seep beyond Drogheda and into towns like Dundalk which all already have terrible difficulties with drugs drug gangs and dead Obviously, people seeking debts from parents and grandparents and all the rest. We've spoken many times about this, Michael. My grandson is lying cold in his grave. Cold in his grave because of drugs. And we can do nothing about it. But all we have, all I have is this. And I was told to stop shouting. Well, I won't stop shouting. I've never shouted before, but by God, I'll start now. Because these people are insulated from it all. They're insulated. They are insulated from it all. But we are at the coalface. We are the ones who have to stay day or night, wondering every time our children go out, are they going to come back safe or are they going to come back in bits? The people of Drogheda are standing together against criminality, against the drug barons. The rest of the country, all of us, from all political persuasions, have come to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. I think this is, uh, I hope, a turning point that whatever resources are required to destroy these destroyers of life will be brought to bear and that the will of the people of Drogheda to live peaceably and to get rid of them will come to pass. I want to be here today with the Family Support Network. I'm here to support Gwen and Jackie. Um, you know, like I, I feel the work that they do, particularly for families, and families are so impacted by this. Just here today to show support for the entire town, very small element in our town causing a problem, and people come out and stand together to show that we're not going to put up with this. Here in, uh, on, the, on the Bridge of Peace, uh, we, we're going to rally for the the uh, barbaric uh, violence and uh, and the, the the scourge of drugs in our society. Um, we're, we're here uh, to stand together, but united as one. Oh, I thank everybody in Drogheda for coming out today. There's a great crowd here. I think we can see that we're all going to stand together and unite as one town for the great community that Drogheda is. <laughs> great to see everybody coming out, show, showing the true values of Drogheda, of decency, respect, and uh, respect for the rule of law, and protecting our children for the future. It's great to see the people of Drogheda out, acting on the initiative of the mayor. 
just goes to show the people at all will not take this sitting there we're going to stand up together Look it's great to see such a big crowd here and everybody standing in solidarity with the people of this town who deserve to be able to sleep soundly at night I think it's more guardy presence on the streets around the towns it'll make people far more secure and it'll send out a clear message that this type of behaviour is not something that's going to be tolerated the death of this young lad is absolutely tragic beyond anybody's imagination This is about the community coming together both from Drogheda and Eastmead you know that it's it's spilled out over into our area as well and it's about us all coming together now and saying enough is enough this has to stop uh, and it has to stop soon so um, I hope this there's going to be a big big turnout the crowd is certainly gathering here so it, it looks like it's going to be a um, good strong strong uh, message for the people Jim O'Callaghan I think it's important that political figures are here to show our support for the people of Drogheda who were faced with extreme acts of violence in recent times and I think we also need to do more than just show our support. I need to think we need to provide greater resources and we need to change the law in order to confront the threat posed to society, not just in Drogheda but throughout the country, by gangland violence and gangland crime. We're here to stand in solidarity as we continue to do all politicians with the people of Drogheda. Enough is enough, we've said before. This has got to be got to grips with. We're here to support the Garda Shikana, the community, to bring an end to this absolute chaos that I have described as a national emergency. Enough is enough. I've been dealing with all of these issues now for far too long. Uh, we really re- need to unite and take back our town. And this is really an incredible demonstration of solidarity. There are people, not just from Drogheda, but from a wider region, standing together with us to face this down. We will win. These gangs will not win. We need to make sure that the laws that we have are properly enforced and those who are directing these criminal gangs are taken off the streets. The people of Drogheda need their peace back, need their security back. It's absolutely shocking what's happening here uh, in Drogheda and in a, l- a large number of other parts of the country. Uh, we need to make sure that there's more Gardaí in these towns to make sure it's properly policed. But we also make sure that we tackle the actual demand for drugs. And we're calling for a... Um, uh, roadside drug testing when uh, drink drive testing is done to make sure that people know that if they take drugs on a recreational basis, if they're fueling these industries, uh, they will be caught at roadside testing. Just so much truth spoken um, from so many different perspectives and uh, none of it can be ignored. I thought the, uh, the frontline organisations did themselves proud. They spoke from the heart but they spoke from their bitter experience too. I'm on the Regional Drugs Task Force been on it for years now and have seen what the impact of the underfunding of the regional services has done to frontline organisations. And I put it to the Taoiseach today that those on the coalface say that there are four issues that if they're tackled in unison, well then there may be a solution. One of them is to restore community policing, another is to restore the funding or increase the funding to the addiction services, third being the Garda resources and the four to enact effective legislation. Can I add a fifth? Yeah. I, I believe the state has stood back from this issue. Uh, withdrawn itself, particularly the HSE whose services in Dundalk are virtually non-existent now in terms of outreach in terms of intervention, harm reduction it's all stopped It's all, you know, through promotions or through people away out on sick leave and I don't blame anybody for pursuing their career but the HSE are not managing the change process there is nothing happening on the streets that's been driven by the, by the state services and if more and more and more the community services are having to pick up the pieces so, th- so that's number five in my mind the state, the state needs to step back into that space that it has historically occupied has seen as its responsibility but no longer does I think it's an excellent turnout show of, of solidarity with the people of the town 
uh, that the need for change in terms of obviously the crimes must stop and there must be significant change sorry, in, in, in the legislation if it's needed. All right, and we'll come back after the break live in the studio and, and talk about uh, this some more. But the march is about to start now, I think. Uh, are you hoping that it will be a big turnout? It is a big turnout, Michael, yeah. And it's very important to have so many people here, ordinary people, speaking for themselves and, and reflecting the views of the whole c- country. Michael Reed on LMFM. Just to mention uh, the politicians who you heard in the segment uh, before the break, Micheál Martin, the leader of Fianna Fáil, Mary Lou MacDonald, the Sinn Féin president, Imelda Munster, Rory O'Murray Brendan Howland, the leader of uh, the Labour Party, Senator Francis Black, Kevin Callan, Declan Power, Michelle Hall, P.O. Smith, Paddy McQuillan, Joanna Byrne, Emer Tobin, Sharon Tolan, Jim O'Callaghan, Declan Brannock, Jed Nash, Patter Tobin, Mark Deary and Fergus O'Dowd. Fergus O'Dowd, as you know, is a Fine Gael TD in Louth, and he is, as we said before the break, in studio with us now in one of our Getting to Know You pre-election interviews. Good morning to you, and uh, thanks for joining to us here on the programme this morning. I, I suppose uh, there is only one issue locally. Of course, and it's basically people's safety and their communities and how they're being impacted by this crime wave and by these appalling evil acts of barbarism. And as you pointed out in your report there, it is universally condemned by everybody, by by the whole community, by ordinary people, by all politicians of all parties. And I think that's what the march was about. And I compliment everybody, the Gardaí, uh, Mayor Paul Bell, mm. who particularly did an excellent job. And I think made a very important speech and all of the community organisations who spoke there. So I think uh, the Taoiseach was present. It's the second time he was present in Drogheda this last week. I think that was very important because he got and is aware fully of the views of everybody and the actions, particularly that the Gardaí are taking in relation to apprehending these people who committed these evil crimes. I think there was some surprise that given how important an event this was to the people of Drogheda and how people from all political persuasions and none came together, there was surprise that the Chief Executive of Louth County Council didn't uh, attend Uh, and uh, I think there were questions over how much interest the council took in this particular demonstration given what the chief executive said on this program on Friday which was that no funding or resource was made available to the organisers and uh, wasn't uh, particularly aware of any traffic management plan or what roads might be closed. <clears throat> well, I think I spoke to Mirabel about this last week before it all happened and he informed me at that time that he wasn't getting the cooperation he felt he needed. I think that's absolutely unacceptable. I I think the chief executive of the local authority ought to have been there and ought to have had the hands-on, as as alleged, she didn't have. And I I don't know, perhaps she was working in the background. That's a matter for her to say, Mm. for for me to say, is that, uh, you know, Everybody is accountable, and I presume that the next meeting of the council will bring that accountability to all officers in terms of what they were doing and and if they weren't there, why weren't they? But I think it's bigger. It's bigger than it's bigger than any mm. individual. This is a national crisis, uh, you know, ep- epitomised by this evil, awful, barbaric murder in Drogheda and the shootings and the killings and the murders that have taken place here in recent times. It's a mm. symbol of how our society has gone astray. And it's it's obviously clear to everybody of all parties and none, you know, that the action must mean the apprehension of those who have carried out this act and their conviction in the courts. And uh, I think I've spoken to uh, to the guardian, the minister for I've spoken to everybody about mm. this for some time now, and I think everybody. 
believes that, you know, any evidence that can be given by anybody in the community must be given to ensure that their conviction. I suppose the thing is that Louth County Council is uh, the local authority for the people of uh, Drogheda <coughs> and uh, they may feel disappointed that they didn't get the support, the physical presence of uh, the Chief Executive, uh, Joan Martin, uh, on Saturday. And we've asked Miss Martin if she'd like to speak to us on the programme sure. or issue us with a statement in relation to that. We know that people have been disappointed by how Louth County Council has not been working the cameras in the Moneymore housing yes, yeah. estate. And it was... Uh, then uh, uh, reported last week or, or announced last week uh, that those cameras are about to be turned on. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are very clear. I've been, I've been obviously been in communication with the council and the Gardaí about this for some time. And at the last meeting of the local uh, police policing committee in Drogheda, I was the only person who tackled the council official who was there as to why he hadn't, uh, why he hadn't done that work, mm. why it wasn't completed. And uh, they're very clear on what I thought. It was raised as well last week again by the Taoiseach and my good self with the the Gardaí and I think the outcome of that uh, accelerated a decision which was, I believe, uh, unbelievably delayed. The issue is not about the cameras because they're there. The issue was who would be the the, the data person in charge and I have found that always unacceptable. And and that mm. that is an issue which I know it, it, it's very very late in the day, uh, but it is it is now I understand being addressed. And as we heard, the money is there. The money uh, has always a, been there. I mean, the minister. Mm. There's I three million, this, yeah. uh, and yeah. twenty two local councils yeah. have applied for funding, yeah. and that uh, resulted in a cost of five hundred thousand. That leaves two and a half million. Yeah. But Louth County Council never applied for the funding. That's the whole point, and I've raised this repeatedly with the Minister for Justice, and some months ago. Uh, when I got criticism as to why the government hadn't put it in, the minister told me in writing, which was circulated to the media, that he received no application. So you can't do something if people don't apply. But what you can do is ensure that 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 the voice of the mm. people is heard through their local reps, and that's that's where that's where it is certainly happening. Responding to our questions about this last Friday, uh, the council said uh, that you're not going to solve this problem uh, by putting cameras in place, whilst uh, they uh, may. Have have some role in this, you won't solve the problem. But it certainly would have been a deterrent for people walking into Money More with guns and firing at of houses. Course. And it would have been a deterrent for people yeah. walking into Money More with bottles of petrol that they were about to set on fire and throw of into course. people's houses. And indeed, in the incident you related, one of the last times I was here was a car being a guarded car being attacked by it looked like a fire, a, prope- some, a, a propellant on a guard of fire, sorry, a guarded car going on fire. Uh, but there's no doubt about that. But there's no doubt about either that that because of increased policing, that that some of the murders were committed were committed outside Drogheda, one in Claherhead, and one also in the Leytown Bettystown area. So it doesn't mean that that people, you know, people can do evil acts anywhere, but it means that people living in the States will feel safe. And one of the points I raised with the Taoiseach, and he he spoke about it on Friday, is the need for a task force like the Inner City Task Force, the North Inner City Task Force, which he has stated as a commitment that if he is returned to government, that he will have Drogheda included in that. And what that will mean is that areas of deprivation and poverty and, and obviously disadvantage, that they will have significant investment 
investment, but it'll be org- it'll be organised with the voice of the community. It won't be it won't be imposed from top. It's what people need in their communities to make them feel better, to tackle disadvantage, to have greater childcare, to have greater community facilities, and so on. Michael. Okay, uh, and what about the immediate problem because that type of approach uh, I think is known to have uh, an impact a a positive effect in the long term but what about the immediate problem now? Right, well, the immediate problem, I've had a number of meetings. If we look at, uh, you know, the Red Door, who who cannot have, have been unable to provide a proper outreach service locally, mm. it's been, a, to me, it's been an appalling situation for some time And now. all of the speakers yep. on Saturday complained about a lack of funding for addiction services. Yes, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And in fact, I had a meeting last week with, and I invited all of the TDs and indeed uh, some of them, some of the candidates in the election, in the, in the Dáil, with all of the community groups, not just in Loud, but in allowed me Kevin and Monaghan from the four regions with the minister with the chief executive for the HSE for, for that policy area mm-hmm. and also with excuse me a, a senior executive in excuse me, in the Department mm-hmm. of Health mm-hmm. and myself take your time uh, take a drink there uh, sorry, yeah. because and myself, sorry myself mm-hmm. and Jerry mm-hmm. Adams were the only TDs who attended mm-hmm. and uh, Rory the Sinn Féin candidate and yeah. then mm-hmm. Declan Brownock did mm-hmm. send his secretary but like they should have been there that was the critical time for us all to be there and what came out of that was a commitment by the Department of Health and the HSE to meet regularly with all of the community groups, something which has not happened up to now. Uh, but it, it's, it's still not good enough because it has to be from the bottom up and all of these community organisations, and I listened particularly to what Louise said, and I hear her, I hear everything she's saying, I've been pushing for it. We've had the, mini- the representative from the Red Door. Yeah, yes, project, yeah, so. I've been pushing for it very, very hard, and obviously... While there was some money allocated, I think 134,000 for refurbishing uh, that building, they still need adequate and proper money to resource outreach workers. I mean, they do a fantastic Mm. job and I visit there uh, regularly, absolutely, extremely regularly. Okay, I think there was a a flavour of political rivalry in what you said a a moment ago, but uh, we'll leave it on that. Not really, Mike. No, a question of a fact. Look, come Mm. here. Okay. Uh, When people go and Mm. say that the government Mm -hmm. aren't doing this, that and the other, when they get an opportunity... (coughs) to attend and speak in Dahlern, that's where they should be. Okay, well, we uh, uh, have to leave it there. um, And uh, there is an election, of course, on the 8th of February. Fergus O'Dowd will be the candidate uh, for Fine Gael, and he's a sitting TD in Louth. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's find out what you've been saying to us. Marie Kearns uh, joins us with some of uh, the calls and text messages that have been coming to us this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, Michael, and good morning to all our listeners. Peter from Drogheda in touch. He took part in the rally on Saturday. Says he feels very proud of everyone who took the time to come out stand together and to make their voice heard. There is so much good in this town and we cannot allow a few, Michael, to ruin our quality of life and the peaceful life Mm. that we should be allowed to have. When you see the numbers there, it's clear that people just don't want that. Yeah, oh absolutely. Uh, An awful lot of people there and an awful lot of people had an awful lot to say and uh, they made it known loud and clear that the 120 people who are involved in uh, these gangs uh, are holding a town with a population of 40,000 to ransom. Mairead is also from Drogheda and she says that she felt very heartened 
by the numbers who came out on Saturday. She's hoping that it will be a turning point for Drogheda. It was good to see all the party leaders there, but she is saying to you, Michael, please, please keep on top of this. It's all very well for politicians to turn out on the day and to be pictured, but please do not let them renege now on their commitment to the town. Okay. They have to be held accountable, Marie. Okay, well, uh, I think there's a, a huge body of uh, people uh, who are looking for action. Jerry emailed to say, did it make one iota of a difference to the amount of people snorting coke on Saturday night? I doubt it. I don't know. It might have. It might have made uh, some people think. Uh, I think it certainly made a difference, though, because uh, it brought uh, real focus on the problems. And when people are focused, they tend to act. Geraldine was also at the rally and she says that she was taken aback by the speakers in relation to the lack of investment in the frontline services Mm. dealing with drug abuse. She finds that very disturbing. She says, we have to ask what has brought us to this place that we are in at the moment Mm. and that there should be more assistance and also more deterrence in place. Okay. Noel says... Hopefully now, whoever gets into government, Michael, will make Drogheda a priority. There can be no more excuses because the people of the town have had enough. And I think when you see the crowd that did show on Saturday, despite there probably being people that didn't go along because they are afraid that uh, the message is going out loud and clear that we yeah. are fighting this and we want rid. Mm. And uh, in fairness, I think the politicians need to, to be congratulated about the way that they conducted themselves over the weekend, not just because they attended, uh, but they did so on the basis that this was a non-political rally, a very hard thing to sell to politicians, especially yes. uh, in the middle of an election campaign. But they all stood back and stood side by side uh, and were not political about how they interacted with people on the day. I don't think uh, any of them did. Uh, one of the people who was there, of course, was Padder Tobin. He won't be in the RTE studios tonight, as you've been hearing. There is a, a debate of party leaders, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, the Labour Party, Solidarity, People Before Profit, Green Party and the Social Democrats. RTE says uh, that it has its criteria for debates proved by the RTE Steering Committee and uh, that a number of registered political parties, including three with outgoing TDs in Dáil Éireann, Independence for Change, Workers and Unemployed Action and AIM2 do not qualify. Uh, that is why their leaders have not been invited to participate. Peter Tobin is on the line. A very good morning to you and thanks for joining us. Orsi says it received a, a legal letter, legal correspondence from you uh, on Friday. How are you intending uh, to uh, act on the news that you will not be welcome in the studios tonight? Yeah, so first of all, obviously, uh, AINTU is the newest political party in the country. Um, we have about 2,000 members. We have about 60 functioning common north and south. Uh, we fought in a number of elections uh, north and south. We've gathered about 35,000 votes. Uh, that's a higher vote than people before profit um, who uh, will be actually standing in the elections, are standing in the debate tonight. And we also got a higher vote in the by-elections um, than uh, the Sock Dems and people before profit, two parties, who will be um, in the debate tonight. So in the last electoral contests, we've actually done better than two of the participating parties there. Um, we have you know, uh, six elected reps now from Wexford to Derry. Uh, we are fielding 26 candidates, so that's one of the biggest 
uh, tranche of candidates of any political party uh, out there at the moment, and it's a big undertaking. So we're obviously a real political party with deep and detailed uh, policy on a range of different issues. And um, we're just really frustrated with RTE's decision to ban us from this particular debate because we think that the debates on television and radio should be fair, free and open. And, you know, citizens should be able to you know, see the options, mm. the political options. Well, you believe, you, you believe the reasons you just outlined to us are, are, are enough uh, to qualify you to participate, uh, but they are not in line with the criteria that RTE has well, put in place for this. I would disagree with, with, with RTE on, on this basis. First of all, the, the Workers and Unemployed Alliance is a party that's based in Tipperary alone. Mm. It doesn't function outside of Tipperary. It's not a national political party in any sense of the word. And indeed, Seamus Healy, who's their only TD in the doll, I believe is actually running under an independent banner in this election uh, as well. Uh, independents uh, for change, well, the, the clue is in the name there. It's a group of independents who happen to have registered their political party in 2014. Mm. I understand that they don't have an Ordesh, they don't have a national executive, they don't have a, a policy platform, a shared policy platform to the mm. extent that, that we would do. I don't even know if they have a leader, yeah. uh, to be honest, um, uh, currently. So, you know, there are two parties that are not comparable to AIM2 whatsoever. Okay, and you could argue those points back and forth with me all day, but I'm not sure it would make any difference. I don't think it would uh, change RTE's mind. Uh, it's a legal question. Are you going to test it? Well, first of all, it, I can argue those points back and forth, but they do show the unfairness uh, here. And what RTE are doing is they're putting seven of the eight political parties on primetime television mm. and allowing those to present their policies and disallowing us to do so. Because in a way, of the criteria that they put it in place for this. Uh, and I mean, yeah, they're, but, they're, but they're, the criteria they're, are fluid, uh, Michael. And that's the problem. Well, the, 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 the criteria the, for the European elections, for example, was that you could participate in the candidates for the European election mm. if you were a TD. Okay. Um, and there were nine, and uh, in, in, in one case, eight candidates in each of those um those, okay, but uh, but, but but the arguments are futile. Like, uh, the, the arguments are, with respect to you, and I, I don't mean to undermine your arguments, but it's futile us arguing it out here, uh, because it's a question about the criteria and if the criteria is fair or if it's unfair. RTE obviously says it's fair. You say it's unfair. It's a, a legal question that can only be tested if it's taken to court. Are you taking it well, to court? First of all, it's not futile arguing that here because RTE is a state broadcaster. It operates. Uh, to a different standard than uh, private companies who you know, are more likely to be able to, to make these decisions itself. RTE has a responsibility to each of the citizens living and listening to your radio show because they're the people who pay uh, the licence in the end of the day. With regard to the court case, uh, we are, we're, I literally just came out of a room uh, with our legal team uh, on this issue uh, and we're deciding we have till 11 o'clock uh, to proceed to the High Court uh, to um, let the High Court know whether or not we're going to take an injunction against RTE. Uh, I'm currently minded that we should, um, to be honest. But there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of obviously difficulties for this for us because as a small political party with no state funding, and again, we're the only political party with no state funding uh, contesting this election uh, with, with all representation. Uh, it, it will be very hard on us, obviously, if the decision yeah, doesn't go expensive. away. Yeah. And also, it, and also it, it will be a case that it will take up a lot of our time in an election cycle that's very, very short as well. So we have to make that decision before 11 o'clock. I'm minded currently that we should uh, raise this with the, the High Court at 11 o'clock 
and bring forward an application for injunction okay. uh, before uh, five o'clock today. Okay, thank you very much indeed for joining us here on the program uh, this morning. Patrick Hobain is a TD in Mead West and uh, the leader of the AIM2 party. Marie, you have more comments there. Yes, on your phones in also. She was at the march or the rally on Saturday and she says that she found the, pe- the speech even from the mayor of Drogheda, Paul Bell, very empowering. She says that uh, his love for the town was so evident and it really made her feel that we're not alone in dealing with mm, this. Yeah. Sarah says that she felt very emotional at the rally on Saturday. She says that she wasn't sure what the crowd was going to be like because, you know, for events like this, Mm. you never know how many people are going to turn up. And she says that when she came off Narrow West Street onto the Bridge of Peace and saw the numbers, she actually welled up. So she hopes that it will make a difference. It's obviously very important to her. Yes. So we'll finish on that, Michael. Okay. thanks for that, Marie. And uh, thanks to everybody who has been in touch. If you'd like to add to what's been said, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 1850-715-958. Michael Reid on LMFM. All right, well, you'll be asked to vote on the 8th of February. We begin a series of round table debates on the programme today with candidates from the local constituencies. Today we are in Meath East and we've four candidates with us. Uh, I should explain uh, where we're at before we begin because uh, Darren O'Rourke is here of Sinn Féin, as was uh, always to be the case uh, since we invited him. Deirdre Garrity Smith of Fianna Fáil was invited and she's here. Uh, but uh, we did have uh, some problems and putting the programme together today because, as you know, Helen McEntee is uh, the Fine Gael TD and was to join us here on the programme this morning, but she's also the Minister for European Affairs and she can't be here because uh, she's meeting with Michelle Barnier uh, along with uh, the Taoiseach in government buildings this morning. Sharon Chogan is an independent councillor and she had been invited and accepted the invitation but said that uh, she wouldn't participate in the programme uh, when she realised that Helen McEntee wouldn't be with us this morning. So... Uh, I don't mean that as any insult uh, to any of you, uh, and uh, and I certainly don't mean it as an insult uh, to the two substitutes, uh, but let me introduce you to them. Sean McCabe of the Green Party, thanks for coming in. Uh, you got a last-minute call, I know. Uh, and uh, Joe Bonner, an independent councillor, thanks as well for stepping in. Uh, yeah, to I, fill actually, the gap. actually, Michael, I'll take you up on that. Actually, I was due to be here, so I'm, I'm actually oh, uh, disappointed that Sharon Kilgan hasn't didn't see fit to be able to come in here, here okay. and debate with me mm. the issues because right. I'd love to have mm. a I'd love to have her sit here beside me and have a go at her and put tell tell the people the truth Okay well you're all looking for votes uh, and uh, it's uh, a different election uh, a very good election it would seem Deirdre Garty smith uh, for your party Fianna Fáil uh, looks posed uh, to be the lead party in government uh, do you think you might get a seat? Well, I'm certainly working towards that aim. Um, I was successful, obviously, in the local elections last year, and I've been, you know, continuing to knock on doors ever since. But I think that, really, you know, we don't put too much stock in polls. You know, polls are only a snapshot in time, Michael, as you know yourself. Mm. So, well, they are, but we've had one after the other now. Well, absolutely, Mm. we have. But I mean, Mm. like I said, they're only snapshots in time, and you know, you can have a series of those, but you know, they 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 can have varying results. We don't we don't focus on polls too much. I think the important thing is that you know you continue to engage with people. That people obviously. Um, feel that we are representing um, their views and I would say that you know having knocked on thousands of doors over the last two years and continuing to knock on thousands of doors there's a palpable anger out there from people at the mm. government's lack of delivery and that really I mean across this entire region there's been an incredible lack of delivery there's been 
very little capital investment on the ground. That's filtering through to local communities. Meath County Council, and I'm sure my colleagues here will agree with me, is the worst resource council in the country. And I mean, that's that's a central exchequer issue. That's a testament to government priorities or lack of prioritisation of Meath and particularly Meath East here. And when you look at the population growth in this area, I think it's a real, a real pity and a real missed opportunity economically, socially, on climate issues. There's a vast array of issues that have just been utterly ignored mm-hmm. in this area. And I think that's where, you know, we are definitely picking that up on the doors. There is an anger and people want change. And if, if the people see fit to, to install me as, as their TD to represent mm. their issues, I certainly will be trying to deliver on some of those. OK, I think uh, the polls would indicate that Sinn Féin will come third in this race. Uh, which would you prefer, a Fianna Fáil or a Fine Gael government, Darren O'Rourke? Well, I'd prefer, being honest, a, a Sinn Féin government because what we're on the base of doing is... Uh, proposing a vision for Ireland that is different than the reality of the vision for Ireland that but we've it, seen under Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. Is there any realistic prospect of that? Well, I, I think at the minute, um, the you know, once every five years, the the people are sovereign and have their opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I think, I think it's a little bit perverse to jump beyond and presume based on opinion polls what's going to be the outcome of the election. Mm. I think now is the opportunity for parties to set out their vision, their policy platform, their manifesto, their proposals, and leave it to the people to decide the doll, and mm. the doll will elect the, will elect the government. But I think it's pre- a presumption to jump beyond the election of the doll in the first instance. And I think, you know, there are a big number of, of progressives, Greens... Um, Sinn Féin, you know, that are putting forward a very real alternative, as I would see it, to the type of politics that Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil would would, uh, espouse. And I think there's an opportunity there. Okay, Sean McCabe, I was reading this morning uh, that the Green Party is hoping to take 15 seats. Uh, The Green Party could very well be kingmakers. It's a, a very interesting time, as, as, as Darren has alluded to there. We're, we're receiving uh, incredible receptions on the door. I think people are aware both of the need to look after um, our communities better and our planet better. Um, we know we haven't been doing that, mm. and we haven't been doing that for an awful long time. So the question is, will we see the type of youth involvement and will we see parents and grandparents listening to their mm. children and, and really voting to... A, put in place a system of governance that gives dignity and rights to people all across the country. That's in the first instance. Mm. The Green Party did get its chance before and had a a very bad experience in coalition with Fianna Fáil. I think uh, we have to be very realistic about what you can do with six TDs in the Dáil. And we've spent a long time now in this country uh, leaning on the small parties that go into government and try to make change um, with very limited numbers of TDs. Um, I was 24 at the time. Mm. I had no involvement in politics back then. And the Green Party now is full of people like me, young people, who, if they are going to go into government with anyone, have to vote a two-thirds majority to agree a programme of government. Now, a programme of government will have to live up to the ambitions of the young people of Ireland who have joined the Greens, both in terms of social justice and in terms of climate. Okay. Joe Bonner, it's uh, very hard uh, to talk about independence uh, in uh, a way that you would look at one candidate and say independents are, are polling well because uh, that might be somebody down in Cork or Kerry. Uh, but it does look as though uh, this could be a good election for independent candidates. Uh, you've run before. How many times have you stood in elections? 
well, in, in, I, in general I, elections? Uh, two, two mm. times, yeah, okay. twice. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I, I was elected, first elected to the council in 2004 and I've been continually represented mm. there since and my vote has been increasing, you know, mm. hugely since then. Um, I think that, um, uh, I, but I know that I've been there to represent the people and I don't have to, to uh, take dictation from a political party. Mm. Um, the issues on the ground are the major issues. The, the, the lack of housing, the lack of uh, infrastructure, the, the uh, pe- people, work-life balance. Uh, we've got young families spend three hours try to, to try to get work, try to, try to go to work every, every day. Um, and uh, we've got to, we have got to do something about that. They can't get mortgages. They mm. can't get houses. They they have got no hope. And and I'm I'm hearing that all the time. Listen, where do we mm. go? What do we do? How do we get a house? I'm, I'm I think any of the candidates yeah. would tell you that they are the issues. Yeah, but I but I, I will listen. I'm listening on the ground. Mm. I, I'm and and I'll also make no apology mm. for I'm there to represent East Meath. Mm. And I'm going to put East Meath first. I'll take the national issue second. But as far as I'm concerned, East Meath are the priority. It's possible that all of the candidates would say exactly that uh, as well. But the question, but I that, suppose, that, is that, how, that, how can you affect change as an independent unless you manage to convince whichever party is in government? Well, I could very well be a, a, kingpin, a, king, yep. a mm. kingpin in mm-hmm. a new government. So nothing stopping me from being that. And... and uh, but we need to get back to basics. We need to strip back all the, all the nonsense and all the mm. noise that's been talked. At the minute, if you listen to the political parties, they're spending millions and billions and whatever. Mm. And if there was as much conversation around the issues in the last five years or six years or nine years as there has been in the last two weeks, we would have had a much better country. Mm. And we have, I see, you know, they're running around now from door to door, promising this, promising billions, doing this and that. We need to get back to basics. If there was one issue, if uh, the next government was relying on the support of independent TD Joe Bonner, uh, if there was one issue that would uh, convince you to make a deal, what would it be? We need a better work-life balance. We need to give hope to our young children, our, our young families, mm. and to the to the to our elderly, the people in pensions. We also need to be able to support our businesses. Mm. We have businesses around the place collapsing with excessive rates. Mm. We have insurance issues. We have uh, okay, well, uh, that's, no broadband. <laughs> no, but that's quite all, a number all, of issues. But yeah. all of those are in the mix. Mm. And yeah. but the reality about that, mm. we bring bring it back to basics. And the only way that we'll be able to have a strong government is when we get our locals, local issues mm. dealt with. So we okay. bring it back to because it's not happening. Alright, uh, let me go back to Deirdre Gerrity-Smith. Uh, Sean was saying a few moments ago that he's too young effectively to remember when the Greens were in government. Uh, well, you're not to remember it. I remember friends leaving the country. Yeah, Just okay, to be clear, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. the impacts. I remember seeing people leave. Mm. And I remember and I, I remember seeing families go through the, the decade of austerity that follows. So I do remember. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it uh, came, uh, the coalition came after the crash, uh, which uh, was uh, the result of a Fianna Fáil government and decades of neglect. Well, equally so. I mean, similar to Sean, I would say that I it was that that inspired mm. me to get involved in politics. I'm not from a dynastic background. There's no dynasty in my family. I, you know, saw friends of mine leaving the country and chose to get involved in politics. I felt that younger people needed a voice. They needed a say in rebuilding the country. And that's what's inspired me to get involved. I've, this is my third election mm. now, including two local elections to run in. And I think that I am giving a voice to younger people and particularly my generation, mm. who under this particular government has not been afforded the opportunity to own their own home. But this particular government, uh, as you put it, remained in office with the support of your party. 
Yes, and I think you have to, you can only look at that in the context of the issues that were happening external to Ireland. And Brexit is one of the largest economic challenges that this country is going to face. It's arguably one of the largest economic challenges that this generation is going to face. Outside, obviously, of climate issue, you have the issue of Brexit to deal with. That's a very stark reality. And what I would say is, I mean, Fianna Fáil stepped up to the plate in very, very difficult circumstances. Mm. It was not politically expedient at the time to do so. You know, we faced, obviously, criticism for that. It's very difficult to oppose. And there's many many issues where we diverge on with Fine Gael mm. and particularly their handling of the health and housing crises and what I would say is parties like Sinn Féin mm. actually stepped away. So no, Sinn Féin, but, Sinn Féin but, but actually is, chose in 2016 not to partake in talks they is, walked away this is similar strange. to no, that, not, not, not strange, taking seats yeah. well, not effective. taking seats it's, in Westminster and giving remainers of voice in Westminster it's just completely in a tight parliamentary arrangement and also collapsing because the Fianna Fáil party supported the Fine Gael-led government through the health crisis, through the housing crisis, in terms of its policy on the North-South interconnector, in terms of anything else that was achieved or not achieved by the Fine Gael government. Just respond to this. You can take issues in isolation, Michael, but they don't happen in isolation. Events don't happen in a vacuum. We had Brexit to contend with and Fianna Fáil stepped up to the plate. And we said provided, Fine Gael can do whatever it wants. Exactly. not. It didn't. Exactly. Fianna Fáil influenced where it could they wouldn't and we go encouraged, we encouraged Fine Gael and we influenced Fine Gael Why didn't you to go into spend government? where possible. But unfortunately we were not in government. No. We Why were, didn't you go we into government? Co- because we would not go into government and, and Michael Martin is very firm Why? on that. For the, in he the interest of the country? Government, government arrangement with Enda Kenny in 2016 and he has restated that And you stood by for four years. For, That's what you did. did you stood by for I would four argue years. That Sinn you wouldn't go into by. government. Sinn Féin stood by You wouldn't by go into government. You wouldn't take responsibility. Star. I completely refused that challenge. Yeah, and as a result, as a result of that and of have provided responsible uh, political stability to this country allowing, allowing cross-party consensus on Brexit. In the face of Brexit, Darren, you can't deny, you can't deny that children. we provided this. Absolutely, I'm not defending that. That is Fine Gael's well, record that we are challenging at the moment. And we hope to be leading the next years. government. Yeah, but, but, but like, let's, let's, you can talk. We, we, we've sorry, Joe. Just yeah, sorry, so, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe, because uh, you did yeah. get plenty of time. We're watching okay. uh, the clock as much as anything else. Uh, Darren O'Rourke, yeah, you come back in there because uh, the charge, and this is the question, uh, the question is about Sinn Féin, not about Fianna Fáil. The charge was that you walked away from your responsibilities. So the absolute contradiction in relation to Fianna Fáil's policy in relation to to this is that they want us to take seats in Westminster. They want us in government in the north, but they don't want anything to do with ourselves or actually it sounds like anybody else you know, they don't want to do business with, with, with you Sinn Féin. They don't, they don't want to do business with, with Fine Gael. We absolutely didn't abdicate ourselves. You, you wouldn't do business with us. You make it. Make it a famous. Sorry, Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. I need an opportunity to talk to you. Like I think. Joe, hang on a second. I'm I'm moderating the debate. Please, please, you know, because we're losing uh, sight of what's being discussed. When when we're getting interruptions like that, Joe, I want to stay with this issue uh, because uh, it's important. I I just, I I just wonder that charge that we we walked away, we abdicated our responsibility from a situation where nobody would talk to us. Like what is the nonsense of that? And I want Deirdre Garrity Smith to respond to that now because. is it true that in a few weeks from now that Michal Martin will be saying that Sinn Féin has walked away from talks when today he's saying, I wouldn't work with them, I couldn't 
go into the government with him I'm, because that's what he said before the last the election and now he is saying that Sinn Féin walked that I'm away. The point Michael, is that Fianna Fáil, the only other alternative mm. after the numbers that were delivered after the last election, the only other alternative was a series of further general elections. No, the it parliamentary wasn't. arithmetic no, no, it wasn't. Fianna, no, it wasn't. Fianna Fáil should have gone into government with Fianna Gael. You could, well, as he says, you could have coalesced with Fianna Gael or you could have coalesced with Sinn Féin. We provided political stability in the form of a confidence and supply arrangement. Is it right? I think I think it was absolutely prudent and correct. It and wasn't. I think in the context of Brexit, so, 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 we, we have the proof of it. The stability that so, the country so, so, required so, at the so, time. So you forced Sinn Féin away from... Absolutely not. That was a decision that Sinn Féin made. It wasn't. It so was, was, was Fianna Fáil willing to go into government with Sinn Féin? No, absolutely so not. So what are you on about? But Nonsense. Finnegan. What are you on about? more numbers in the, in the parliamentary arithmetic than Fianna Fáil did. no. There was the possibility for Fianna Fáil to form a, will not be a minority-led government. Yeah. So what are you on about? So what are you? If you look at Northern Ireland, if you look at uh, Republic of Ireland, what are you on about? And in Westminster, will you answer the question? I am How can you say we won't go into government with a party and then say they won't enter into talks about going into government with us? The charge that I'm making, Michael, if I can make the point, the charge that I am making is that Sinn Fein chose not to partake. That is a separate. But you weren't willing to partake. It's a It's a nonsensical point. Okay. Let, Michael, let, let me go just, to the back to the other candidates. Can I just say that Sean McCabe of the Green Party. We're facing uh, social crises across the country. We're facing mm. environmental catastrophe. I think, and I think it's reflected from what I'm hearing on the doors, we cannot continue with politics as usual. We cannot continue with bickering. We need leadership. I never thought in a million years that I'd be running for government. But we need people to stand up. We need to give power back to local councils so that we don't have TDs acting in clientism with local areas. You know, we can't have TDs acting as councillors. We need vision for the country. We need to protect the most vulnerable people in our country. We need to uplift our agricultural community. We need to uplift our rural areas that are cut off and isolated. And we cannot do any of this with mm. bickering and, and a continuance of the mm. politics that have dominated this country for n- nearly 100 okay, years. Let me, go back to, let me go back to Joe Bonner. And Joe, I'm sorry for cutting yeah, you down the no, last time, but I, I want to try and stay yeah. uh, on track if I can. Yeah, but I anyway, you, I, did, uh, you did have you, some points you wanted. I totally to understand. And what I was, trying to, what I was going to say mm. while, while, yeah. while it mm-hmm. was that uh, the rhetoric that's going on, was going on, that's what has caused the situation that, that we're, we're in. Blaming one person, blaming the other person, blaming the other person. But the reality, and the reality is on the ground, that we've got young communities now that have no hope, no way out. They don't know who they can trust. We have politicians running now that is like X Factor and Dancing with the Stars. This is serious stuff. This is really, really serious stuff. To become a TD, a serious business. I've, when I become a TD, I have a responsibility to rep- represent everybody in my community. Mm. And to put their issues as best I can, and if I can't, if I can't sort it, I get the mm. experts. Bit of, a, bit, bit of a wealthy community as well, isn't it? In that nobody yeah. can afford a house, nobody yeah. can afford to rent. Well, that, that's it. Well, that, that's exactly it. Mm. I uh, the other day there, we heard on the radio a fifty-three-year-old man mm. who had a, 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 a good job for a long number of years mm. can't buy a house, living at home with his mother. Mm. So, all well, you'd want to be on eighty or ninety thousand yeah. euro a year to live in Ashburn, wouldn't you? Well, but absolutely. 
and, and have two people working at that. But as, as a yeah. direct result of government policy. We've no childcare, we've no health care, the insurances are closing down, we've no parks, we've no playgrounds. So the structure at the bottom is wrong. We're, the, I hear mm. again the, the government blaming the yeah. local authority, but they're not giving the local authority money. Let me just go back to Sean McCabe on that because... Uh, government policy uh, it may be but Green Party policy would mean that houses would be even more expensive uh, that's not true oh it is true isn't it no, that, I, I mean uh, even if you're living in a house and you retrofit it you're going to have to pay for that if you buy a new house uh, there's going to be so much equipment in it that it's going to be far more expensive to build no that's uh, that's not true at all we're talking about leveraging finance that is available to our government uh, for retrofitting for provision of renewable energy services and beyond that we're talking about giving communities ownership over the processes through which these uh, uh, this infrastructure is rolled out we need community-led local development we need to see local business develop we we've a massive capital expenditure project mm-hmm. coming up and if we roll that out through business as usual all of that money will be spent and leave the country through massive corporations. What we need to do is give communities the opportunity to establish local businesses, train up workers to retrofit, to install renewable energy services. It's, a, it's, a, it's in mm. every okay. house in the country. Let me go to Darren O'Rourke. Sh- Sh- Sinn Féin quite often talks about building more social housing, uh, but what can you do about the uh, other housing, uh, people who ha- have their own house or aspire to buy their own house? Yeah, well, actually, what, what we uh, pr- propose is a... Is a um, the biggest public housing uh, programme in the in the history of the state but it, it wouldn't just be social housing it would be mixed tenure so it would address all of those measures um, and the, the the thing I was I would say in relation to this election Michael mm. is that I feel um, there is palpable anger out there with the with the current government and with Fianna Fáil I would say um, but but more than that I think it's a unique opportunity where, where we where we as a country are reassessing our values what's important what the priorities are mm. And those values, as I see it from listening mm. to people, are around community mm. um, and and uh, building proper sustainable mm. community. Well, you can't afford B- a house, you can't rent, uh, and uh, if you do somehow manage to do it, you can't get a job nearby. Yeah, no, and, and that's the truth. And mm. uh, as I said before, as a direct result of government policy, which was implemented by, by Fine Gael, supported by Fianna Fáil, and there is opportunity at this general election okay. to look for a different Ireland. Um, there, there's no doubt that there is wealth in this country. Mm. People feel like they're paying hand over fist for, you know, childcare, insurance costs, mm. mortgage, rent. Mm. We're at the top of the league in terms of what we're what we're paying relative to to, to other countries. The and they head, don't they the don't headline, see a return for yeah, it. The they're headline, sitting in traffic. The they're, they have the no Irish train. They have okay, you know the buses don't run on time. Now, the headline of the Irish Daily Mail today is uh, that Fianna Fáil's biggest threat is Sinn Féin. Is that why there's so much sniping between the two of you today? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think we just fundamentally disagree on, on certain aspects. But mm. I think, you know, the important thing is is that we're coming back to the issues and that we're dealing with the issues on the ground. Because from knocking on doors, you know, across the entire constituency, it's quite clear that there are significant issues for people. Quality of life is a huge, huge issue for people. Sitting in traffic mm. day in, day out, um, four hours a day in, in many cases. I've mm. done it myself for 15 years. It's incredibly stressful for people. And why did Fianna Fáil not change that? Noel Dempsey was the Minister for Transport in a local TD for so long and promised the Navin well, rail line, for Fianna example. Fáil, Fianna Fáil delivered the rail line as far as Dunboyne at Pace and Fianna Fáil delivered you know, the, you're, the, you're the, not, the you're, you're, not, you're, you're not asking for votes in Dunboyne or in Pace, or rather. 
Dunboyne uh, no, is in the area. Yes, no, in Pace. Dunboyne is yeah, in the area. No, I understand. Uh, but and if this is a rail line, Jackman. Michael, mm, that, services, that services the entire area. Absolutely, I'm on the same page. This rail line needs to be delivered mm. as far as I'm concerned. It's a massive priority and if I'm elected, it will be my, one of my top three priorities H- in this area. What commitment has Fianna Fáil given to it? Is it in your manifesto? Is it in your manifesto? We haven't put absolutely every It's not in your manifesto. What we have committed to is establishing... If I could make the point... I didn't interrupt you, Darren. If I could make the point... We have committed to establishing a National Infrastructure Commission and that is going to have a very broad reach. But one of the issues that it is going to look at is a long-term decarbonisation strategy. And within that is obviously a very strong commitment towards supporting okay. rail. Joe Biden, it is, Joe Biden, it is, what do you make it is cr- key. It is key. Just to finish this, Michael, it is key. Rail is key to getting people out of their cars, mm-hmm. not sitting in traffic, um, increasing quality of life for people. Well, and also um, well, it's I'm, practical. Joe I'm Biden, what, what do you make of uh, the green policies uh, that uh, a lot of the parties, not just the Green Party are putting forward. Well, I think a lot, a lot of their policies aren't um, aren't well thought out. I'd like to put it a, a lot Why? because I think in a way they're probably jumping on the bandwagon. I don't know why they're not being thought out, mm. but uh, they're just maybe being populist, and uh, that, that uh, a lot of them are, are absolutely ridiculous. Like you just can't change things from a hundred down to zero, you know, overnight. So it has to be phased approaches, and it? and it has to be done intermittently, and it has to be be planned out. So, um, but um, I, I've certainly, like as you know, I've run mm. one of the largest uh, uh, community recycling events in the country. I've been doing it for so many years. We've collected mm. thousands of tons. Uh, we've done it with the support of the community, and I continue to do it. And I support the issues of of of, of you know, mm. recycling that. But we need to take a managed approach. But getting back to the basics again, we need to get back to community the work-life balance, the traffic, the congestion. And I'm hearing the same old promises, promises, promises. And I can do this and I can... But we had senior representation here in East Meath for the last three years. And I... Like, what what has been delivered? Like, we had voices at the table. So we need people in there that put the, put the, the issues of East Meath first and always first. And I, as an independent, I represent... Every party, or any, anybody, and everybody, mm. and that has been my strength. I have never asked anybody what party the party belonged to, and that's what we need. We need a new thinking here, mm. and we, we need so much. You said already, yeah. Sean, that you're opposed to that parochial type of politics. Uh, at, in in the doll, yes, mm. in the doll, we need vision. We've got five years remaining to take all the action we need to take to ensure that our children have a safe world. Mm. What Joe is doing is incredible. It shouldn't fall on communities. This is big business who are profiting from uh, re- uh, producing the type of waste that it falls on communities to dispose of. Okay. It's wrong. Deirdre, just one, just yeah, one just, point. Just, I'll come back to you in a moment. Deirdre Garrity Smith, uh, would you be a, a local TD? Uh, we'll focus a, on issues that are taking place in East Meath or a national TD. I think there's a very good reason why our democracy is designed to have geographic boundaries. And I think it's very important. It's, I mean, if you look at this mm. constituency, locally, we haven't had strong represent, representation from government. And that's showing through in the lack of delivery mm. on the ground on those issues that matter to the people here. So I think it's very, very important 
wanted to be a national legislator, absolutely provide leadership and provide vision, but be able to deliver for the people okay. who elected you. That's okay. incredible. Same question to Darren O'Rourke. Can I come back to everybody? Yeah, I think the essential point is that you have a vision for the type of Ireland you want to create and then you try to implement it locally. You make every effort to secure the fair distribution of resources. Um, and I think first and foremost is that vision, and we have it of the Republic of, you know, a Republic of Equality, of Fairness and of, of, of Justice. And I think that's something we need to hold up high and then deliver on it in, in not just in word, mm-hmm. but in deed as well. OK, we're going to wrap up. Thanks to everyone of you for coming into us today. Before we go, uh, final pitch, uh, if you wish to avail of it, 30, 40 seconds, please. So we'll go around the table left to right from my left, uh, beginning uh, with uh, the Sinn Féin candidate in uh, me, the East, uh, Councillor Darren O'Rourke. Under Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, we have more than 10,000 people homeless, more than 3,000 are children. We have more than 560,000 people on hospital waiting lists. 118,000 patients were treated on hospital trolleys last year. Commuters spend hours on congested roads. Buses are often late or full or don't turn up at all. In Mead, we have no train. Our sickest, our most vulnerable people with special needs and disabilities have to fight for every last thing. People don't feel safe. At the same time, this country has a lot of money and it is squandered. So if you think Ireland is better than this, if you think the people deserve better, I'm asking you to vote Sinn Féin number one on Saturday the 8th of February. Fianna Fáil candidate in Mead East. Councillor Deirdre Gareth-Smith. It's clear on the ground that Fine Gael has not delivered for the people of Meath East. There has been no investment in the region for many years and we haven't seen any additional resources coming to Meath County Council. It's really incredibly important that we vote for a credible alternative government. Fianna Fáil is in a position to lead that government. I believe I can be a strong TD to deliver for this area on commuter issues, on childcare issues, to address issues around the cost of living, such as with my flexible working proposals, which have been included in our manifesto and have been designed with the people of Meath East in mind. And across a variety of issues, areas where we can uh, target tax um, breaks for people in middle income brackets who are really struggling to live. They're living hand to mouth at the moment. And I want to deliver for those people and to be a, a TD that represents, as you said earlier, Michael, on the ground and nationally in, in the Dáil. Green Party candidate in me East, Sean McCabe. I have no script on me because I was canvassing at the M3 Parkway this morning when I got the call. I'll speak from the heart. We have had... Uh, very narrow window of opportunity in which to transform our societies to fairer, more equitable societies that protect the most vulnerable people and take the action we need to combat climate change. We can do it and we can do it well, but we need people who understand how to. It requires ensuring that we empower communities, we give power back to local councils, which has been eroded by successive governments. We enable communities to have a say in their own development and we listen particularly to the voices of the most vulnerable people. We've had a decade of austerity. It's brought about deep, unfair inequality and unless we understand that and act on that while we act on climate change, we'll fail. Independent candidate in me, these to Joe Bonner to conclude. Yeah, Michael, I had no script either. And <laughs> But um, I, I, I will speak from the heart. Like I've been representing the people... For the last 15 years, I and I will make no apology 
absolutely no apology to say if when I get elected as TD, Meath East will be, be will be my priority. But the only way I'm going to become a TD, and I'm asking the people now to take a step and a leap of faith with me, I need number ones. Number twos are no good to me. We've got to get rid, of, get away from the same old, same old promises, promises, promises. We have a government now that would talk forever. Every single one of them they would talk all day, and there's vol- write volumes and chapters. But the amount of work. They won't, they'll deliver nothing. They'll talk all day. You bring in the health minister, the housing minister, or social welfare minister, Leah Bragg, whatever. They'll talk all day. They'll do nothing. Okay. But I, if you want something done, and you want it done, we need to get back to the community. And that goes from the GAs, the soccer, the football pitches, mm-hmm. the, and the, the young... I'm wondering kids. if you'll talk all day, Joe. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah give me another couple of minutes. Yeah, when we, on, on the N2, the people that are on the N2 and the M3 okay. for hours and hours, I've led the campaigns now. Help me lead it more and deliver. Thank you very much indeed. But I need number ones. Thank you very much indeed to, to each of uh, the candidates in uh, the Me the East constituency for joining us here on the program this morning. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, as you may have heard on Friday on LMFM's news, the High Court overturned a decision by Mbor Planola to allow Narconon establish a drug rehabilitation centre in Beliver. Uh, and uh, this is because uh, the High Court has ruled uh, that planning permission is not required and uh, that was the on-board Planola position. Uh, two local residents uh, join us now, Tracy McElhinney and Anne Corrigan, who's a member of Beliver, says no. Good morning to both of you and thanks uh, for joining us. Anne, what does this mean? Is this a green light for Narconon? Of course it is, yes. And um, as far as we'd be concerned as a group, like we've done our best for the community. Uh, we don't really like them. We don't know them as individuals, but we hear of their... Uh, what they do and it's not nice and uh, there's a lot more things needed now in our community other than Narcan and and, um, I just feel that it's not right for our little community our little village But you accept the ruling of the court? Um, Well the ruling of the court to the best of my ability now I understand we fought on section 5 right on section 5 at the minute now I can be sent be corrected mm. is that literally I could actually open up a nursing home at the minute mm. and yes they are opening up a rehabilitation centre mm. and that there is no difference between the two there has to be a difference between the two and just take us over the history remind us of how the school was bought uh, with the intention of turning it into a, a nursing home. But uh, yeah. then, as you say, uh, that changed and Narconon said it, it had uh, plans uh, to bring a drug rehabilitation centre to Beliver. Uh, what is wrong with that, uh, apart from uh, the technical questions relating to planning? Well, uh, I don't really, Michael, I don't really know. I'm not into planning as such. Mm, no, I mean, apart, apart from planning. What, 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 apart from planning, yeah. 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 Well, one... Um, as far as we were concerned, the first plans that was ever passed for the nursing home, there was actually never uh, meant to be windows looking onto our community garden. Uh, they have blocked light from our community garden. The windows now and doors go from the roof right down to the ground. I was told then that they were meant to be putting in frosted glass in them, but still to this day there's no frosted glass gone into them. Uh, they just have all the blinds pulled down. And then... Um, like, you know, the, the things that we are led to believe that these people do to uh, 
people that go into them that, like, we have little children out there in that garden. You can no longer let children out into that garden because you don't know what you might be able to see or what you can hear going on in that. Okay, Tracy, McEl- Tracy McElhinney. Um, is it a question of uh, trying to find a, a way of making this work or at least as best as it might be able to work in the community? Um, hi, Michael. No, um, I think um, myself, like as Anne has pointed out there, like it's, it's so close in proximity to our school, our uh, Montessori, our childcare facility. Like the youth is using that community centre 24-7 and the elderly. And like to have this uh, this building that's not even secure... Like, there's a green fence between us and them. Like, I'm secretary of the community council, and Anne is also a member. And, like, they're right on top of us. And, like, I, from, for me, it'll never work, because I'm born and reared in Beliver, and I went to school in that building, as did my father and all mm. belonging to me. And it's, it's just still not acceptable, and I blame me county council entirely for all this mess. But it'll have like, to work, won't it? No, um, we'll 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 keep fighting tooth and nail until until we can come up with a solution. It's a nursing home we want because all all the, the elderly is is moving out of the county into nursing homes, um, like in in our area in the Trim area, and they're in in gone into Westmead into another county, and like this was go, this was going to bring employment. These are not going to give us employment in what is what been like is what we need. Mm. But they've every right, it would seem, uh, to mm. open up the old school as a rehabilitation centre, a drug rehabilitation centre. Uh, that seems to be the view of the High Court. So there's no option but to work with it, is there? Well, I found Borbs and all uh, um, appeal it. This was what we're hoping that, that they will appeal it. And uh, maybe there'll be somebody that'll give us a sympathetic ear because uh, in, a, in a rural community, as Anne pointed out there as well, and, and like a, 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 um, stand to be corrected but there's about 80 80 farmers like it's a rural community and to bring something of that nature into a small little place like Beliver is is just ludicrous and I'm going to say it again the council and I Mm. do hope when they're they're doing their their new um, their new county development plan that they'll put something in place that that like a nursing home and a drug rehab centre are Mm. two entirely different Why are you blaming the council though? Because they have, they have, I sat on the council for five years mm. and they have a thing called a Planning Economic and Development, SPC. Mm. And there's about 10 councillors sit on that. Like, why was all these questions not asked? And why was, didn't it come up on the SPC? I sat on, on the housing SPC. When the like, school was being sold or, or at what yeah, time? When, did it, when this yeah. plan and back in 2016. Mm. And then they come along and they said they couldn't find, there was no, that there was no, um, Inquiries into into it being mm. in an ex- exempted development, and yet, like you know, all of a sudden, then it's found. Like there's something mm. seriously wrong there. And is Tracy right? Is she reflective of how people feel? Yeah. Do people feel let down by the council? Oh, big time! We were hung out to dry by the Mead County Council and a lot of the councillors that sit on the planning, because somebody had to know. I know that one person didn't know in the May but never highlighted it until the October, until it went into the Mead Chronicle. Okay, and your hope, and only hope at this stage, is that Ambor Planala would appeal the decision of uh, the High Court. Uh, I take it that means that there's little hope. Oh, well, uh, like, it's totally ludicrous to anyhow that anybody at this present minute, as far as I'm still concerned, at this Mm. present minute, anyone can open up 
a nursing home. Well, well what's the plan, uh, Tracy? Uh, uh, just uh, to conclude, when, when do Narconan hope to open its doors, not as a nursing home, but uh, as a drug rehabilitation centre? Um, th- that's it again. They haven't, uh, they haven't um, <clears throat> liaised with the community of, of, of any description. We're, we're blue in the face asking them to, to fix the fence. We're after doing up our community centre with a new um, car park and a new building on the back of it. And they have a piece of, of wire holding up their fence on a, on a, mm. from our side of the property onto theirs. Okay. Like they were supposed to fix that and, and leave that back in place, and they didn't do that. All right, just in, uh, Michael, before we go, sorry, yep. can I just say one more thing? Go ahead. I just hope that somebody from the council is listening this morning, and my biggest worry is NEC. I'm sorry, your biggest worry is what? NEC. NEC? Yes, the factory that's lying idle. Oh, what will happen to that building? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yep. and I have to leave it there, but thank you indeed. Yep. Thank you very much indeed. Anne Corrigan and Tracy McElhinney. That concludes our programme. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.